in these most significant seasons of the, the church year, where we, we highlight the, the, the high points in the work of God in our midst. It's a, a time then for us to reflect theologically. You didn't know that's what you were doing. That's what we do uh, regularly on Sundays. You were theologians. And you are, and you're reflecting theologically. How does the, our knowledge of God, understanding of God, affect our lives? And when we give ourselves away, we don't give part of ourselves away. You know, the, the story of there's no baptism with holding on to your wallet and keeping it out of the water. You know, that might be a desire. It's every area of our life. Even the shopping. How do we shop? In a way that glorifies Christ. How do we, we shop the way Jesus would, would want us to? That's simply a question of theological reflection. And I've had two basic thoughts of sitting with these passages and um, for a while just sitting with this uh, idea and wondering myself, all right, how... All right, God, you know, you said put shopping on the list. Now, you know, tie it together. But two thoughts. One is sort of a good news, bad news. You know, there's sort of a thought of correction or or warning and a thought of affirmation. On, On the one hand, a thought of correction in that the way of the shopping mall is the way that promotes upward mobility because the more you got the more you can buy and the happier you are supposedly and that's the way of the shopping mall the 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 events of christmas are the way of downward mobility god was in heaven i mean god the son in heaven you know, no tears no pain No crosses to bear. And yet, he condescended. He came down to become part of the creation. So there's a a correction, a challenge, a a warning. There's also an affirmation. In in that God... in. In coming down, in in God the Son, Jesus the Christ, becoming fully human, is is God's wonderful work in a sense of shopping for us and giving us just what we needed. I mean, He knows us better than we know ourselves and gives us what touches us in the depth of our being for all eternity. So as we shop, as we create in order to give to others, we seek to give in that same vein, in that that same manner, in that same Christ-likeness. Our first passage is going to be Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through 55. And that, that'll be the, the, the word of, of warning, of, of correction, of challenge. And then we'll look in a little bit at uh, Isaiah um, 61. Um, uh, 
verse 1 through 4. But first, we'll, we'll look at the Gospel of Luke. It uh, starts at the very bottom right-hand corner of page 831 in your pew Bible, if you want to turn there, or you can follow along on the screen. Let's, uh, let's pray together. Gracious God, again, we give you thanks for your written word. Thank you for this. It's in your written word that you tell us the events that we celebrate this day, that we celebrate every day. Thank you for your word. And we ask now that you would open our, our hearts, our minds, our very lives, that what we were singing, we were really meaning, that we give ourselves unto you, that to be transformed by you. So take your, your word in, in each of us and make us more like Christ, to bring you glory and honor. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Luke chapter 1, starting with verse 46. And and this is after Mary has has heard from God. She knows something. She knows something is going on. And she knows it's related to God. We're not sure exactly all. Obviously, we can't know exactly what was in her mind. All that she knew. But she knew she was carrying in her womb now the very gift of God. And she had said, I'm willing. I'm your servant. Whatever you desire, Lord. I mean... May have sung that song even. And uh, she visited with Elizabeth and had a, a time of her own theological reflection. As she visited um, with Elizabeth who was carrying John the Baptist in her womb. And then gives this song. Which would be in, in a sense a product of her theological reflection. Of what God was doing. Chapter 1, verse 46. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for He has looked with favor on the lowliness of His servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is His name. His mercy is for those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with His arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped His servant Israel in remembrance of His mercy according to the promise He made to our ancestors, to Abraham and his descendants forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, as we reflect on on Mary's song, the the mother of Jesus, as we reflect on her song, as we consider not only that, but even just the whole event that's going on at this time, that Mary, a teenager, a peasant teenager, I mean, a no-name, a nobody, now has within her the very gift of God, I mean, God in, in the flesh. And that she and, and, and Joseph eventually going to have to make their way to Bethlehem, which is Hicktown, Israel. I mean, nowhere. And there, God's going to be born in human form. 
It's absurd to consider this story. Absurd to consider that this is what is happening. That the, the Creator, the one who spoke, and then there became light. That He is condescending to this level, to becoming human. You know, I would think that if God were going to become human, I mean, just that notion, you know, that some, the Creator becomes something He created is, is like, it's a parallel would be for us to become something we've created. You know, for, for you to become a chair, a pew, you know, carpet. You know, it's just sort of, Absurd, and it? it's just beyond it's mystery because we understand it, we get it to a point, but we can't fully get it. That, that's just mystery, it's beyond our human capabilities. But let, let's just take that step. Okay, so the creator's gonna become a human being. Well, at least if you're the creator, if you're high and mighty, then man come with fully loaded, right? You know, be born into a royal family. You know, you're going, to be, you're going to be born in a place that, that's got the bling. You know, they got the goods. It, it's going to be the best house. It's going to be the best schools. You're going to have the best medical plan. Right? You're going to have it all right there. I mean, the guns are going to be loaded. You know, be, be born into a, a military family where, where you got the weapons. And you're going to let those speak your words. Or at least come where you're looking good, right? I mean, you're a physical model. You know, you got your six-pack and you're ready. You're, you're there. But we're told by Isaiah that the one to come really was going to have no physical feature that even would draw anyone to him. Not even an extraordinary IQ. A no-name parent in a no-name village without any of the stuff of privilege. That's the downward mobility of God at Christmas. If you're like me, you can just sit with that for the rest of Advent or for the Advents for the rest of the decade, or the Advents for the rest of your life. But even in the passage, Mary tells us, you know, that that what this one's going to do is the great reversal. You know, the ones who are high and mighty, they're going to be brought low. And the ones who are low, they're going to be brought high. The ones who are hungry are going to leave filled and the ones who are filled are going to leave empty. This event of Christmas is is a great reversal that turns everything upside down. So so can you see with me, as we we consider these events, we consider this truth of how this contradicts the way of the shopping mall. The the consumerism of our age, of, of wanting the biggest, the best, and the brightest. 
wanting the shiniest. I mean, look, I mean, Jesus, just even the birth story. I mean, he had a terrible health plan. I mean, he was laid with a bunch of hay in a donkey's feeding trough for his first night's sleep. That's the way of God. And that is a great corrective. That's a reminder for us that we are a peculiar people as Jesus followers. We follow a different set of rules, a different way of life, and it's called the kingdom of God. And it is birth. God is showing us one of the essence of that kingdom. And in our larger society and culture, we call it Black Friday and Cyber Monday, and and we want to know exactly what's going on with the bottom line. How much more did we spend this year than last year? So we promote people going out and being crazed and buying stuff they really don't need. That really isn't going to add the essence of their life. Really, I mean, some will. I, I'm I'm not chunking the whole shopping mall. Get me on that. I'm I'm not. Chunking shopping. We'll talk about the positive parts a little later. But the whole cultural milieu around it. That we got to have the biggest, the best, and the brightest. So we have Black Friday, Cyber Monday. But what we really want to know are the stories of what we call Red Saturday. When out of the craze of the shopping, people get trampled to death. They get shot at Walmart over video games. You know, I, I can even understand a little bit if the, the, you'd, you'd get pepper spray over getting the best apple. But nobody gets trampled in the produce aisle. You know, it just doesn't happen. It's over the getting the bigger TV at just the right price. You know, we compete and fight with one another to get in the best deal. And that is the, the culture that is around us. You know, that's the, the atmosphere that is around us. That the, the events of Christmas Day totally correct and contradict. So it's that notion of, of shopping or that part, that, that, that part of shopping that, can, that we can... Uh, Raise up that part that says, I got to have it. You know, materialism. That, that, that kind of consumerism that I got to get the best deal. And I'm going to throw an elbow at grandma over there in order to get it. But yet God chose this way of entering the world. And get that. It wasn't it? well, this is the only way God could do it. You know, God, like, like the rest of us, are just a victim of our circumstances as to how we were born or where we were born. I mean, I didn't have any say in the matter, and I'm willing to bet none of you did either. But God chose this way of being born into the world. And He chose it because it demonstrated His character. It demonstrates the nature of the kingdom. So as we reflect theologically on shopping, we, we want to apply this truth. And we want to be careful that we don't jump in, into the same bevy of activity 
That we don't let this, this river overtake us overwhelmingly or even subtly. That, that we know the, the stuff that we buy isn't what really brings us meaning and fulfillment. I mean, I'm willing to bet, and I'll share with you in a little bit, but some of the, the gifts that brought me the best purpose and meaning, and, and I'm willing to bet that you can name a couple will come right to mind, and they, there may be the most of them didn't cost a cent. They were probably made or created or given to you or, or it was just because someone gave you just the right thing. But I'm getting ahead of myself. We don't, we don't want to get into that bevy of activity or into that, S, that part of what shopping is about. That, that materialism or that consumerism. We want to be on the alert. We're getting caught up into that, that, that craze of shopping, the, the allure of shopping, the temptation that can overtake us. Whether it's in shopping or any area of life, that, that we, at all cost, need the best, the brightest, the shiniest, the one with the most storage, the one with the best coverage, the one with the speediest connection. Watch out so that doesn't rob us of what is truly meaningful, what is truly significant. Now, on the other hand, I mean, let's, let's look at the Isaiah passage. It's uh, back in the Old Testament, a few hundred pages, back to page 603. And, and see then theologically from the other perspective of what shopping, what shopping and, and giving to others, how this Advent and Christmas season applies positively. Isaiah 61, starting with verses 1 through 4. Hear the word of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. In the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. They will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord to display His glory. They shall build up the ancient ruins that shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, now here, look at how God is a perfect shopper. When, when, he, when he sees one, right, who is brokenhearted, what does he do? He sends what will bind them up. When he sees one who is captive, what does he do? He sends them liberty. When one is a prisoner, what does he send? Release. Just what they need. Just the right gift. When one is mourning, what does he send? But comfort. He he knows us so well that he gives to us. In a sense, I know it's a forced metaphor. God doesn't shop, but he does give. And the reason 
we shop at this season is in order to give. And what he gives is exactly what we need. He knows us. And he gives us what touches us deeply. So my thought there for us, as, as we give to others, is that we're, we're not just accomplishing the, the responsibilities of the season. We're not just completing our shopping list. So with someone on, the, on Black Friday, and they were on their computer, and they were doing all their shopping in their bathrobe, in the kitchen, on their, um, uh, as a friend's child, and they were doing all of it right there. And uh, she finished up around 11.30 and said, Woo, half my list done, and lunch isn't even on the table yet. Like, eh, that's a little off there. Because it was more about finishing the list. What, well, the way God gives, it's, it's God gives those things that, that touch those around you. And you know, you've, you've seen that. You've experienced that. You've been on the giving end when there was a joy. When you gave and you knew it was what they wanted. And, and you've been on the receiving end when you received a gift that helped you see someone's love for you. You, know, you, you see it at, at, around Christmas time, right? You know, when you, you, you get for your kids, you know, the little tyke's kitchen. You know, and, and what happens when you give them that, that kitchen? Usually, what do they play with? The box, the big old box that it came in, right? You know, and the little tyke's kitchen sits in the corner and gathers dust and cobwebs, usually. I mean, some different, but, you know, that's uh, our story. But or you know it when a friend hears you say, "Man, I really like that movie." And birthday or Christmas, what do they give you? But a copy of that movie. You know, when when a neighbor hears you tell a story about a tool that was broken, and they come that Christmas and give you a new hammer because they heard. And they knew that was needed. You know, so now, th- this is not something we're going to be able to do with our whole lists. You know, th- this, is, th- th- this is something uh, that, that God can do to the world, but you and I, we can't. But we can begin to apply it. We begin to say, how do I make this not just a list to accomplish so that on Christmas Day I'm saying, whoo, thank God it's over. But on Christmas Day I'm saying, thank God. For the gifts that you give and the gifts we get to give and receive and participate in. It just, it's just a taste of that. That we shop or we create or we make and we give something that's a part of us. As a way of the, the giving that God gives where He knows us, He studies us and He knows what is needed. Now, I'm not coming at you as any expert in this. I fail miserably. I'm pathetic at this. Just, well, don't ask anybody. Just believe me. No, but as I read this and consider this, think, man, this is the way that God gives. It it hit me just as my last uh, birthday. This was the most, uh, most meaningful 
One of the most meaningful gifts that I've ever received was this Christmas, or this, this my last birthday, from my uh, 18-year-old daughter in college. Now, happy birthday, Dad. I miss riding bikes with you on your birthday, which was one of our habits for a season or two. Yeah, and uh, so that hangs in my office. Yeah, and just something like that and the power of that giving of yourself, of thinking and recognizing what was meaningful and speaking to that through the act of a gift. As we shop, as we look, let that be an opportunity of, for us to take time to think about our loved ones. What is most important to them? What does touch them? I mean, you know, I know that we need a vacuum cleaner, but it's not a good idea. I am that smart to give that for Christmas. But in seeking like God... To know best we can the needs, the, what, what is meaningful to the other, and to give like God gives to us. So th- this season of Advent and this, this shopping time, hear and remember the events of Christmas and let that be a great correction. The downward mobility of God uh, against what can, the craze can send us to think that, that upward mobility is the way of God. And we can get caught up in that craze. Let it be a correction to us that way. And let it be a a word of affirmation. Of giving gifts. Shopping, making, creating gifts. And giving them. So as to address the best we can. The need, the desires, the longings of those around us. Like God gives to us. Amen. As we uh, pray, a couple things to uh, remember. Um, One is uh, we give thanks and rejoice in the birth of Isaac Peter Dreyer, the um, son, infant son, born um, early yesterday morning to Amy and Peter Dreyer. Um, Want to rejoice uh, at Isaac's birth. Um, Also want to lift up to you Nasiru, Nasiru is um, part of the church in Nigeria. We've talked about them. Uh, um, uh, Nasiru is, uh, uh, grew up Muslim and was living in a, a Muslim village, but uh, has started coming to the, the church in Nigeria. What they do is they get the, sometimes they'll get the, our internet. Um, they'll connect with us via the internet and then Sunday afternoon they'll play the service and they'll worship together. And uh, Nasiru's been coming to that and he came to Christ. But I, I talked to uh, Joseph this this week and he, Joseph was hoping to come with his family uh, and visit with us um, uh, in the flesh. But uh, decided to stay a little longer because Nasiru's getting not only persecution now from his family but persecution from the village um, that's around them and really getting dangerous. But he said, Nasiru's still affirming and proclaiming Jesus as his Lord and Savior, even in the face of direct opposition 
from uh, family and even the village. So let's continue to keep him in our prayers as well. Um, Let's uh, pray together. Gracious God, thank you for your wondrous gifts to us. Thank you that you do know us so well and that you um, have the, the power to give us what we need and you're willing to sacrifice to give it for our benefit to become as us and then to die for us. We give you praise and glory. You receive the, the wonder of that gift from you, a gift we can never reciprocate. Uh, a, a gift that we simply received as the overflowing love, giving love, sacrificial love that comes from you. So in this moment, even, we, we receive that wondrous gift. And, and we in turn give back to you as we've been singing. We, we give ourselves back to you. We, we want to give ourselves back to you. We know we do it faultingly with fits and starts, but Lord, we, we still, we, we give it unto you again this day. And ask that your spirit continue to lead us, even in our shopping, in all that we do, for your glory and your honor, to fulfill your purposes, to be a witness unto you, to fulfill the same purposes that Jesus came to fulfill to care, to bring comfort to those that are mourning, to bring release to those that are captives, freedom to those that are prisoners, whatever they're prisoners to. We receive that freedom and seek to be carriers of that freedom to others, individually and as a community, as a church. And so, gracious God, we lift up Nasiru to you and we pray that he would have your freedom, your protection, your guidance, your leading. Thank you for the church that surrounds him. Strengthen them. Give them your boldness. Give them your your power. We rejoice in the the birth of Isaac Peter as well. And ask your continued uh, blessing upon him and his family. Gracious God, whatever needs, concerns... For ourselves, for others, we lift them before you. We lay them at your feet. For you even command us to do, to ask, to seek, to knock. And so we we bring them before you, knowing that you hear and knowing that you will act according to your wisdom and your time and your power. And, And gracious God, as a, um, a community as well, we lift up to you the Christ community and the, the giving that will take place this week, providing so that those who are hungry will be well fed. Thank you that we get to participate in the work of your kingdom in that way. And now hear, hear us, Lord, for we, we know we, we can't do this on our own. That the tasks that are before us are beyond our abilities. They're beyond our capabilities. We, we need you to be working in and through us. So we come to you in one voice. As Jesus taught us to pray, so we pray. And we ask that not just be words that we say, but that it continue 
to engage us in your, your transforming work in us and continue to form our very hearts to be like the heart of Christ. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Now, as we offer ourselves back unto God, as we offer what fits in the plate, know as we're giving in this way, we are participating in the giving that will be happening Tuesday in our parking lot through Christ Community, through five other agencies from Mount Healthy all the way down through Northside. Um, there will be, through the ministry of Feed the Children, um, provisions, gifts and food for, over, for 1,200 families. That will be distributed on Tuesday, and we get to participate in that uh, um, as we give unto God. So let us give as He gives, sacrificially, uh, giving cheerfully, um, and giving all that we are unto Him.